Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And good afternoon and welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. We're going to be talking about a group called Jane's Revenge. And this is an anarchist terrorist group that has actually committed acts of uh, violence and firebombings at pro-life centers across the country. We're going to be talking with the director of Created Equal, Mark Harrington, who's been on this program, who's been on the front lines of the pro-life movement for many years. Uh, He and his team actually go out and advocate for life with images at college campuses and in the public square and debate with people about the cause for life and saving the unborn child. We're going to be talking about this because any day now, the U.S. Supreme Court is going to issue its decision on the Dobbs decision. Many anticipate this to be the overturning of Roe v. Wade. If the decision that was released almost two months ago now, in early May, uh, if that decision ends up being that Roe is overturned, This group has promised violence in what they're calling a night of rage. Let me read to you from Wikipedia, already has a post-up of this group. Now, again, it's Wikipedia, so, uh, but it looks like a conservative group has put this information up, and so far it's it's pretty accurate. Jane's Revenge is an American far-left group which has perpetrated and threatened domestic terror attacks in the name of defending abortion rights. The group has committed acts of firebombing, vandalism, and arson. It, is for, it was formed in 2022, that's just this year, in response to the leak of the possible Supreme Court ruling overturning Roe v. Wade. Uh, back under actions, it reads, the first incident claimed by Jane's revenge, and again, they're claiming this, they're claiming responsibility, was a firebombing in May of 2022, that was just last month, a few weeks ago, of a crisis pregnancy center in Madison, Wisconsin. In a statement issued after the attack, the group demanded the disbanding of any anti-abortion organization with a threat of increasingly extreme attacks, including a night of rage, should Roe v. Wade be overturned by the U.S. Supreme Court. Now, we know that right now there has been vigorous protests in front of the houses of the U.S. Supreme Court justices that are conservatives on the bench. Amy Comey Barrett has had uh, protests in front of her house, Justice Kavanaugh. These uh, protests are meant to intimidate and threaten these justices. There's actually federal law that prohibits this type of activity in front of judges' houses of trying to intimidate them. But the Justice Department, and I use that term loosely when we talk about the Biden administration, and uh, the, the attorney, the U.S. Attorney General currently, is not enforcing the law and is allowing these protests, along with local law enforcement, to go forward. Even though there was a man that was arrested just in the last 10 days who was threatening to shoot and kill Justice Kavanaugh. Here to discuss this with me, and of, of course, as we need to prepare as pro-lifers, as any day now the decision is going to come down, And we need to prepare, we need to be vigilant, Uh, we need to be wise, and we're going to take actions. We're also going to give you reports 
from the pro-life centers across this state as we talked with them earlier today on the phone. With me is Mark Harrington. Mark, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Well, Mark, you brought this to my attention, Jane's Revenge, and it's I'm thankful that you did because now that I'm talking to people on the phone about it, uh, the pro-life groups we talked to, the director of the Northeast Ohio Right to Life this morning on the phone, Columbus Right to Life, Cincinnati Right to Life. In fact, they're going to join me next week in a roundtable discussion uh, on the program about the way forward, how we're going to continue to save lives in, in once this decision comes down, that the work is really just beginning. And again, this is anticipating that the leaked opinion will be the opinion, and it's anybody's guess at this point what's going to happen. But with that said, You've drawn people's attention to these uh, people's intent, and I think it's so wise that you've done that. You've been on the front lines. You've actually, your team has actually faced violence from these folks. They've had signs ripped out of their hands. They've been pushed over. They've been assaulted. You personally have been assaulted uh, in your pro-life work. You're always nonviolent, non-confrontational, but you just bring the information to the streets, yet you have faced the vandalism and rage and ire of these people so that you know that it exists. Now you're trying to warn the rest of the right-to-life community that maybe has a pregnancy crisis center, a uh, right-to-life center in their town. And as we can see in the news, 41 attacks on crisis pregnancy centers. These are just centers that provide services to women who have chosen to keep their babies, and yet some of them have been vandalized with broken windows, uh, smashed doors, uh, 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 Graffiti, but even worse, arson and now firebombing. This is serious stuff, and people need to be aware of it. Your thoughts? Well, Chris, we're uniquely positioned to speak to this issue because we've always been in the fi- in the firing line when it comes to pro-abortion advocates because we take victim imagery to the college campuses. We commonly... Uh, experience uh, verbal and physical attacks along with vandalism. So over the years, we've developed protocols to protect our people and our facilities. And over time, just, you know, in the last years, as we've seen an increase in this type of thing, we've upped our security measures. And therefore, I feel like we're in a good position to be able to consult and assist other organizations that are not necessarily or haven't historically experienced the same kind of uh, of things. So when this leaked opinion came out and then we saw the protests and now the threat, direct threat of assassination against one of our U.S. Supreme Court justices, the arsons, the vandalism and this kind of thing, and now they're calling for this night of rage, it's it's very clear that we need to prepare ourselves for a what I'm considering a new normal. And that is that the uh, the abortion advocates are not going to sit back quietly and just let this pass without making uh, or taking advantage of the moment. And uh, unfortunately, that's going to lead to violence. I expect that. Uh, I think we can do things to protect ourselves. But here's the thing, Chris, and I hope your listeners understand, we are not going to cower in in fear over these threats. We cannot cede the public square to these terrorists. Uh, That doesn't mean we need to be stupid about it, but we need to be smart, but we're not going to hand over the the streets of our cities to these people. And I just want to let folks know that 
we're going to be out there and we're, we are going to take this moment as we should and mark it. If, if it is what we think it is, and that is the overturning of Roe versus Wade, we are, we are going to mark this time in history and we are not going to let these people, uh, force us into the, you know, force us from coming out and making our message known to the American people. We're talking about Jane's Revenge. This is an anarchist, now terrorist group, that is uh, committing acts of violence against pro-life centers and crisis pregnancy centers across the country. 41 attacks so far. Here's a report from Fox News just four days ago. Minnesota Pregnancy Center vandalized by Jane's Revenge. And this is what they quoted in their statement. We should have done more. This is very serious, and mm-hmm. those in authority are actually mm-hmm. taking notice. And here's a release from State Attorney General Dave Yost earlier today. Ohio AG Yost leads charge in urging feds to investigate violence against pro-life groups. In a pointed letter sent today to U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland, who today, as of today, has done nothing, by the way, uh, that we know of, Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost and his counterparts in 18 other states in a joint letter urged Garland to take a swift action in response to recent terrorist attacks against anti-abortion organizations calling the lack of action intolerable, politically motivated, and in violation of his oath of office. Since early May, leak of the U.S. Supreme Court draft decision overturning Roe v. Wade, the Attorney General's writ, charities that support pregnant mothers in and need that have been firebombed, and pro-life organizations have been attacked almost daily and terrorized. So here we have State Attorney General Dave Yost and 18 other states who signed on to this letter. We'll have this up on our website. Um, So, Mark, they're taking it seriously. They're stepping up to the plate. Mm -hmm. And again, like you say, we're not going to cower to these people. We are going to celebrate the end of Roe v. Wade, which has been an edict of murder since the time in which it was enacted in 1973 and permitted abortion on demand in this country. And the pro-life movement has been fighting for all these years to defend the unborn and to move law that would protect the innocent unborn in the womb. And now we're not going to have our day spoiled by these who are against us and who want uh, to end the life of the innocent. We're not going to be intimidated by them. Your thoughts? Exactly. Yeah, well, they, again, this is all aimed at, you know, peaceful pro-life Christians uh, who want to mark this moment to try to get them to stay home. We're not going to play along. In fact, we're calling for spontaneous decision day events, uh, and there will be several. There's like two, or I'm sorry, about 60 Spontaneous events are going to take place in state capitals around the country and federal courthouses that I'm working with a group to, um, to, to, to help happen. And people can find out about those at overturnroad.org. That's overturnroad.org. The minute the decision comes down, we're calling for people to find one of these locations and participate in marking this historic moment. In regard to when the decision will come down, the court did release decisions today. Uh, yesterday was a federal mm-hmm. holiday. Uh, today is the Tuesday. Uh, we expecting uh, other decisions on Thursday of this week and again next Monday on the 27th. 
It is anticipated at least by Monday we should hear from the court on the Dobbs decision. This again from Fox News Today. Supreme Court prolongs wait for highly anticipated decision in case expected to overturn Roe v. Wade. Supreme Court Tuesday again prolonged the wait for its opinion, which is expected to overturn the federal right to an abortion. Last month, Politico published a leaked draft opinion, which indicated the Supreme Court is set to overturn Roe v. Wade, the 1973 case that established a federal right to an abortion. The justices released a handful of decisions Tuesday, but of course Dobbs was not with them. We are anticipating this decision to come down. You know, Mark, we talked about the pro-life groups across the country have been pretty much uh, holding their breath, uh, just waiting uh, for the the actual decision to come down. I think that's probably wise to see what exactly the court issues, but the left certainly believes that it will be the draft opinion. Your thoughts on that along those lines? Well, Jane's revenge itself is plastering Washington, D.C. with with signs all over the city calling for a night of rage when when Roe is overturned. So they, they believe it's going to overturn. I think most people do as well. And they are calling for a night of rage. These attacks are likely going to take part at night. They're going to take place at night, not during the day. So I want to let people know that you can go out and and celebrate this decision by going to overturnroad.org if you'd like. And then, um, you know, we'll just see what happens. But these folks are violent. I mean, this communique that's been posted online, uh, this blog post, uh, is is outright threatening. I don't understand why it's still there. Honestly, I don't know why the Justice Department hasn't taken it down. If you if you would, I, let me read a bit real quickly. They say this. This is Jane's revenge. They're, they're they're not mincing words here. They say we promise to take increasingly drastic measures against oppressive infrastructures. And what they mean by that are pregnancy resource centers, I believe. Rest assured that we will. And these measures may not come in the form of something so easily cleaned up as fire and graffiti. Now, we're taking that seriously. It reminds me of the Kristallnacht, uh, Chris, and that was in Nazi Germany, 1938, November 9 and 10. The Kristallnacht was the night of broken glass, and it was when Nazis destroyed uh, Jewish businesses by smashing their storefront front windows. It was the beginning of the attack on Jewish German citizens. And this is very, very similar. It's very eerie to watch. And the, and the thing about the Kristallnacht in Germany was that the political elite said nothing and law enforcement did nothing. And it sounds like America. History is repeating itself, Mark. This is a very eerie time, and people need to listen to this program. Last week, we talked about the numbers of how uh, the status of Christianity and faith itself in a practice faith in America is at an all-time low. Gallup has been polling for the last eight decades, now puts any American citizen who affiliates with a religious institution below 50%. It's at 47%. Mm-hmm. It's never been that low. Uh, people are identifying more with 
uh, Satanism, more with uh, no faith at all. We now, as Christians, as believers, are a minority as practiced in this country. And somebody, you know, there are people listening to us and say, oh, come on, well, we, you need to listen to the second part of this program because we give you the numbers, folks. And it's from George Barna, it's from Gallup Poll, these are real numbers. And look, what we see happening with our Marxist-style government and their enforcement and, and trotting down of civil rights and our fundamental constitutional rights, you better take notice. And here, we have peaceable people they're being threatened with violence, and we see law enforcement, the, the so-called Justice Department in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. doing nothing. Here's what Attorney General Dave Yost spells out the attacks in other states across the country, and he joins with his other state's attorney general, 18 of them. He says the Department of Justice must investigate and prosecute these terroristic threats and acts. It should start with Jane's Revenge. The FBI has more than enough resources mm-hmm. to determine the organization's members and to track down those carrying out these acts of violence, which qualify as terrorism under federal law. And while Jane's Revenge offers an obvious starting point, the supply, the supply of entities deserving to be investigated hardly stops there. It's a great point he makes, Mark. We're just talking about one group that's actually made threatening statements, but there's others that are out there, right? They're not alone in this thing. No, they're waiting in the weeds to get their marching orders from people like uh, and groups like Jane's Revenge. There are various cells that even Jane's Revenge says that they have all across America. And they have been said and, and been quoted as saying, if abortions aren't safe, then you aren't either. In fact, that has been written with red paint on some of these pregnancy resource centers. Uh, like I say, we got to take this seriously. Unfortunately, it doesn't appear that our federal government is. Inaction is intolerable. Continuing reading the, the letter to uh, Derek uh, Garland of the uh, U.S. Attorney General from Dave Yost and the other Attorney Generals. Inaction is intolerable in our nation of laws, and it violates your oath of office. Yet in recent weeks, you have continued to allow illegal action seemingly because they advance the in the minds of some, the pro-abortion cause. In particular, you have done nothing to break up picketing outside of the homes of the Supreme Court justices, rumored to have voted to overrule Roe v. Wade. This despite the fact that a federal law plainly prohibits such conduct, meaning the law is on the books, it's not being enforced. And over the past year, the federal government has repeatedly sought leniency for violent criminals and motivated by what this administration perceives as progress. You know, look, folks, when the, when the seats of power in government currently in this administration are the ones calling the shots and we're not in their favored status, we're, we're in trouble, and we're drawing attention to it on this program. And I think what you've said, Mark, it's important to be uh, the, the verse that you brought up from Proverbs. He who sees trouble coming should prepare. And so we've talked right. to the pro-life centers around the state in uh, Akron, Cleveland, Columbus, and Cincinnati, and I've talked to these directors. Again, they'll be on the program next week, Ali Frazier, uh, Beth Vandercoy, uh, Laura down there in Cincinnati. They're all taking precautions. They have security cams, and they're encouraging their counterparts in those local communities to do the same, to do pregnancy service work and counseling, uh, to put up uh, video cams and to be on the alert. and and uh, notify law enforcement of any irregular activity. Your thoughts along those lines? Yeah, it goes to the old ad- adage, uh, 
if you see something, say something. Let's just be vigilant. Uh, let's not, like I say, we do not want to shrink back or hesitate in fear. But there are certain things we can do, very practical things we can do to protect ourselves. And the first is just being vigilant, just keeping your eyes open for things that don't match up, that stand out. Uh, you know, if you can, if you can afford security, uh, you know, electronic types of security, by all means, implement that. I would say this as well, Chris. Our homes are not off limits to groups like these. If you're an outspoken pro-life advocate or Christian or a pastor or you run a crisis pregnancy center or volunteer and sidewalk council or anything like this, your home now is a target and you need to start thinking about how you can protect your own home and your own family. Those are, those are words of wisdom, Mark. Certainly we live in a very tumultuous time and we need to be in prayer as Christians and interceding at this time. The good news is is that all of our work to get pro-life justices elected, President Trump was able to appoint three. You can see the rage that's in these people. If they're willing to murder innocents in the womb, they're willing to carry out any kind of act. But what they're not willing to do is go to jail or to face penalty. And folks, got to tell you, the rule of law does work. God gave us the Ten Commandments, and then he gave us justice in the Old Testament. And throughout the Testaments, you see the rule of law and justice, and it does work. There was an attack against the Catholic Church that was conducting a pro-life service. Uh, last year, we reported on it in this program, St. Joseph's, downtown Columbus. We drew that attention. Nothing was being done. We urged law enforcement, the mayor and the city law director, to take action. They did. And guess what? There wasn't a follow-up attack. Those folks had to go to court. They had to pay fine. They had to face the penalty. Now, we're not really happy with how light the sentencing was, but the fact was they were encumbered by having to face the law. And uh, they'll be stiffer penalties for those who commit these kinds of acts of vandalism and uh, anarchy and terrorist activity. So we're going we're gonna to see the rule of law play out here. We're going to protect the innocent, and we're going to... Uh, bring uh, the rule of law against those who are criminals. Your thoughts, Mark, along those lines as we close out. Well, James, Reve or James Revenge is calling for a night of rage. As Christians, we don't, this is not how we behave. We should be calling for a night of love, a night of mercy, a night of justice when Roe v. Wade falls. Amen. And be a witness to the world that there is a God and his Savior, Jesus Christ, and we are going to follow him and not be lured into returning evil with evil. And so I'm just exhorting my brothers and sisters to, to hunker down a little bit, but uh, we'll get through it. And on the other side, we'll pick ourselves up and get on with the work. Absolutely. Saving the unborn and encouraging mothers to keep their children and to building a culture of life. Thank you for all the pro-life work you do, Mark, and the young people you work with. They're doing fantastic work. We're seeing lives change and lives saved. Thank you, my friend. That's Mark Harrington of Created Equal. Give us the website again. CreatedEqual.org. That's CreatedEqual.org. Thank you, my friend. God bless you all, and God bless the work you're doing, Mark, and let's all be in prayer right now as we anticipate the overturning of Roe v. Wade and the liberation of the unborn. 
Now, listen on to the next side of this program, because we're going to be talking about the status of the church right now, and this is a time we need to be vigilant and praying. Thanks for listening. Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. And the soldiers who stormed the beaches of Normandy and the Allied liberation of Europe. On D-Day, all those warriors set out on their mission. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt led our nation in prayer. The D-Day Prayer Project is an effort to add FDR's D-Day Prayer in its entirety at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. This wonderful historical presidential prayer will be a lasting tribute to our World War II veterans. If you'd like to make a contribution towards the effort of adding this prayer to the memorial, go to the website at ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org. I'm Johnette Cruz, and I'm a busy mom. Then a friend told me about TrustBlueReview.com, a new website powered by the Christian Blue Network. She uses it to find trusted Christian-owned businesses. I checked it out, read the helpful reviews, and found a great family dentist. Now I use TrustBlueReview for all my family's needs. For peace of mind, do what I did. Visit TrustBlueReview.com or download their free mobile app from your app store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue Will my kids like this dentist? Can I trust this mechanic? Who's a good choice for my upcoming remodel? I found businesses I can trust from TrustBlueReview.com. This company rebuilt our deck and renovated our bathroom. I'd highly recommend them to anyone looking to hire an honest contractor. The best dentist experience I've ever had. It's now easy to find trusted businesses in my community that have the same Christian values as my family. It all starts at TrustBlueReview.com or download their app in the App Store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust The following is a previously aired broadcast. Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And good evening and welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. Well, we certainly are living in tumultuous times, and, you know, we're going to talk about that today on the program. In fact, the title of this program is The Church in Crisis and the Moral Degradation of Our Times. With me on the phone is Pastor John Coates. He is the pastor of the Metropolitan Church of God in Christ in Greater Columbus. He is also the vice president of the Columbus NAACP chapter of Greater Columbus. Also with me is Pastor Al Davis senior pastor of the Richfield Bible Baptist Church uh, right here in Northeast Ohio. And, of course, he uh, hosts Live with Pastor Al, and he's a board member of the Ohio Christian Alliance. We're going to talk about what is happening in the church world today, and it's not going to be any surprise to most of our listeners, is that the church right now is in great turmoil, as our culture and our country is in great turmoil. The last number of years, we have actually seen an increase in church attacks that have taken place across the country, and actually here in our own state of Ohio. And uh, we're going to listen to a, a clip from some of the news reports from various cities across the country. This is just over the last few years. This is just a sampling 
of the church attacks while people are congregating on Sunday in worship service, and then physical attacks on uh, members of leadership and also attendees. Let's go to that clip. Well, the big question today is what possessed a man to walk up to an altar in the middle of mass in front of about 100 people and punch a bishop in the face? The whole thing is as puzzling as it is disturbing, but parishioners say the violence will not shake their faith. May Almighty God have mercy. The prayers of Bishop Manuel Cruz were cut short Saturday when a man dressed in a white coat with matching hat saunters to the altar and punches him in the mouth. The Cathedral Basilica of Saints Peter and Paul was the scene of an act of disturbing violence this morning. A woman had just finished reading the scriptures during Mass when she was attacked right in front of the altar. Action News reporter Annie McCormick joins us live from Center City with details on this story. Annie. Yeah, Walter, the Archbishop calls this a senseless act of aggression. Right now, that suspect is not in custody. Central detectives are investigating. To another Local 10 exclusive tonight, video of mayhem right in the middle of a church mass. A man can be seen here tackling a deacon right in front of the congregation. Nearly a dozen parishioners jumped in to try to stop that attacker. Let's go to Local 10 News reporter Andrew Perez, live now in Pompano Beach with this exclusive tonight. That is from, uh, that last clip is from, of course, St. Joseph's Church in downtown Columbus last year when a pro-life service was taking place at the uh, Mass, actually, in the church, and uh, pro-abort protesters broke into the church and began with bullhorns and shoutings, as you heard there, disrupting the Mass and uh, knocking over uh, podiums. Uh, it, th this has uh, been detailed, of course, and reported on, as you remember, uh, we had a State Attorney General Dave Yost in our program, and we, he and I actually attended uh, the next service on Sunday. We're not, neither of us are Catholic, but we wanted to show support and solidarity with the Christian Church there in Greater Columbus and draw attention to it. We also made appeals to Mayor Ginther and to the City Attorney's Office, and uh, they did file charges against those perpetrators in that instance, and uh, there was no other follow-up of attack or protest at the church to date. But we brought, bring this to your attention because the church really is in crisis. These are just the physical attacks that are taking place on the church, but the church's moral standards is beginning to shift, and we're talking about evangelical churches across the board. We're going to give you statistics on this program. We're going to talk about recent reports. We're going to talk about really what is happening in our world today and how the church is not prepared for it. In fact, church attendance is really at an all-time low, and we're going to talk about that with Pastor Al Davis and Pastor John Coates. Gentlemen, welcome to the program. Well, thank, thank you, Chris. Glad to thank be here. Evening. Pastor John, uh, you and I have talked about this, and, you know, you pastor in Greater Columbus, of course. You've, you, you remember well that uh, attack on St. Joseph's Church last year. But this is the kind of thing that, unfortunately, is becoming commonplace when, you know, when I was growing up, you know, the, the, the church was sacred, and people treated that. Even the culture treated the church as sacred. No one would ever think about disrupting, uh, you know, the service 
uh, you know, a, a holy service of where people are congregating together. No one would ever think about doing that. And yet, we have seen hundreds, if not thousands, of attacks over the last half decade, and it's only increasing. In fact, I'm looking at a report right here. Uh, this came out on June 10th. Churches and pro-life organizations have been, have been attacked 41 times in the last 40 days. That, of course, is in response to the leaked report about the possibility of Roe v. Wade being overturned by the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, but yet it, it doesn't really take much of a reason whether the, the Church is taking a stand on morality today. And, for instance, uh, this month is the so-called uh, Gay Pride Month. And if you're a believing Christian, you believe in the Bible, you believe that homosexuality is sin. Of course, we pray for those individuals who have same-sex attraction, but we certainly don't um, we don't celebrate their sin or their lifestyle. We try to present unto them Jesus Christ, but that puts us uh, opposed to the current culture that is overwhelmingly running at headlong after this type of immorality of the age. Your thoughts? Well, absolutely, um, Chris. I think we are seeing a moral decline within our within our country, and of course, as a part of that. Um, evil cannot be successful unless it attacks the voice of righteousness and the, um, the the body of Christ, if you will. In America, that would be the church. That would be the church. Um, when the leaked information came out about the Supreme Court and its possible a ruling on, on Roe v. Wade, there was a national call put out to um, um, activists throughout this country that the church was open fray, that there were there was organized efforts to assemble and to um, plan to protest openly and to attack churches. We watched even at, I think it was Pastor Joel Osteen's church in Texas, protesters yes. come into the church and disrobe themselves, take their clothes off <laughs> and, um, in the middle of the service and, and start chanting, my body, my choice. So we see this. We see this happening across uh, across our country. And I would even add uh, that that within the last four or five years, um, churches are, are very much so aware that we are under uh, physical attack. So even active shooter training has increased within churches across the country. I know the churches that um, I lead in Columbus through the uh, interdenominational ministerial lines is one of our oldest ministerial alliances here that we, we, we actively advocated for um, pastors and for church leaders to um, participate and to invite professionals in to, um, to respond to an active shooter in an, in, in, that would walk into the church. And but you can only prepare so much because the believers that uh, was involved in a low turnout, simple Bible study in Charleston, South Carolina at the Emanuel AME Church, they would have never suspected that someone would just walk off the street and begin to open fire and to execute its pastor and other members. So. You know, it's a it's, it's, it's a demonic attack that has um, been launched against um, the uh, the church within um, our, our nation. That's right. And, you know, in fact, there's a recent article, Pastor Al, I want you to comment on this. It says guns 
aren't radically deadlier than they were 50 years ago, but our sick culture is. Your thoughts on that, Pastor Al? Well, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, it's absolutely true because, you know, in the past, and, uh, you know, those of us here on the program today, uh, we remember a time when we were in school where you didn't hear about these shootings. It's not to say that they never happened in the past. Uh, There were even times in the past when uh, schools had shooting teams. It was considered a a sport, and and, and people would uh, participate in it at the school. And in many cases, there would be, especially during hunting season, you'd see uh, cars or trucks, especially trucks in the parking lot of the school with a shotgun or a rifle or something in the back of the truck uh, because it was hunting season. People didn't oh, yeah, think anything abso- of it. Absolutely. When I was going to high school, the, you know, it was uh, a rural community, and a lot mm-hmm. of guys were sportsmen, and they were hunters. And uh, when it got towards hunting season, whether it was uh, either rabbit or squirrel, uh, small game, and then went into deer season, you would see their guns at the back of their trucks. Nobody ever thought about taking the gun into the school and doing anything like this. It just, it was unheard of. It never happened. But what's Absolutely. changed? What's changed? Well, our culture has changed. And uh, as a pastor, I believe that part of the reason our culture has changed is because as a society here in America, we have been systematically taking ourselves out from underneath the hand of God. It started with the rejection of prayer and Bible reading in the schools in the 1960s, and then it led to, you know, you couldn't have the Ten Commandments on the wall of a school lest you warp some poor child's uh, uh, morality for good. And uh, as we've gone on, we've progressively pushed God out of our schools, out of our societal institutions, out of our political systems, out of every facet of public life. And I I read somebody made the statement, you cannot maintain biblical morality if you have subverted biblical authority. And uh, in rejecting God and his authority, I believe we're seeing the fruit of that in the increasing violence in our schools uh, against our churches. And certainly, as Pastor Coates pointed out, it is a demonic thing. Uh, The world hates us because it hates Christ first, and we're the representatives of Christ. But it goes beyond that. It's affected even the pastors in the churches that should be proclaiming the truth. And now we live in a time where even the pastors in churches According to a recent Barna study, approximately 62% of them do not have a biblical worldview. When we've rejected God and his word, we shouldn't be surprised when we see these things happening, should we? That's exactly right. Um, you're either going to follow the teachings of Christ, or you're going to go by man's own understanding. You know, people today, of course, they see the rainbow colors. They see the LGBTQ and the celebration of alternative lifestyles that the Bible says is actually sin, and and it is to, to be refused. The people are to be prayed for that are trapped into these lifestyles. They're to be, uh, you know, as Paul said, as of such were some of you. Of course, we all are sinners mm-hmm. saved by grace. We're called out of these lifestyles and these sinful behaviors and, and, and really the debauchery and wickedness of the age. But, you know, if no one is preaching the truth, 
how shall these people be rescued? And when we think about those in the LGBTQ community, of course, they're going to continue to add letters on and, and different identities, and it's all about confusion. Satan is about no definitions, but to, be, uh, to bring um, darkness and deception and to lead men into darkness and to deception and confusion. That's what he's all about. Um, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. And he's calling all men unto himself. You know, I'm reading in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 24, verse 8, it says, And these are the beginning of sorrows. They, they will deliver you up to be afflicted, and they will kill you, and sh- you shall be hated of all nations for my sake. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall arise, and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. You know, Jesus uh, warned my brother pastors that there's coming a time where there will be a great falling away. And by these statistics, by Barna and Gallup, uh, Gallupol, we can see that the church is waning in attendance. Pastor uh, John Coates, when we went into COVID, we, you know, it shut the church down. Now, officially, it said in Ohio, and Governor DeWine said he didn't shut the church down, but he did certainly ugly shame anyone that was congregating in large numbers on the front end of the pandemic. We're, we're not silly. We're not stupid. We remember that. And we had these debates with the governor at the time that the houses of worship and the access for people to be able to receive spiritual encouragement was needed now more than ever with precautions as pastors were taking the precautions. They weren't running reckless head-on, not taking precautions, but yet there needed to be ways in which the people can congregate. But all that said, the pandemic had a terrible effect on a a church that was already hurting. Pastor Coach, your thoughts? And I would add to that is that there was a multiple layer of oppression that took place during our our whole COVID ordeal. Yes, the governor encouraged um, churches not to meet, but even when the church was given an exemption, along with First Amendment um, uh, believers, in which we all are First Amendment believers, I hope, that that it was local um, uh, health departments and local county commissioners and um, local municipalities and sheriff departments and police departments absolutely went rogue, okay? And there, was no, and there was no one that would hold them accountable. So it, 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 it was that type of oppression. What we, we have seen uh, church decline take place over the last 10 to 20 years, and we, we've watched that 20% leave and go away, and then COVID hit. It, it, you know, many of us stayed open, but yet a great deal of churches um, ceased to operate in its traditional way of congregation, congregating um, uh, for, for 18 months or longer. Uh, 18 months is a long time for a church to be closed. And it was an attack on the people of God. It was an attack on the organism of God. Some would say institution. Uh, it was it was an attack on the on on the church. And as a result of people not be of, of believers not being able to come together and of like mind and even just pray, 
okay, that has had a devastating impact on America. Even for those of us that um, believe that we should minister to all and, and respect all people. You know, there's no, we don't believe that even though we're opposed to a homosexual lifestyle, that someone should see a homosexual and, and snatch them off the street and beat them up or kill them. That's not, that's not our, our belief. But when we show compassion and continue to show compassion, who would have ever thought that we would be dealing with issues of gender fluality, I can't even say it now, and, um, and that, and that men, bio, uh, men would be competing in female sports. Right. And, 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 and basically getting away with it. And parents, you know, they're not being, the new, yeah, the right, new but, age parents transitioning their children who are minors from one gender to another. God help us, yes. Pastor Al. Your but, thoughts, but yeah. Pastor. Al. Oh yes, you're absolutely right. This this transgender it's a very attack on the image of God itself. Because when you read in Genesis, God made man in the image of God. We're made in God's image, and then of course from the rib of Adam he formed the woman Eve, and uh, and so we see that we're formed in God's image, and to attack that image, uh, to say that God made a mistake when someone is born. Uh, male, they're really a female in a male's body, or to say that somebody's born, uh, they're really a male in a female body, or vice versa, is is to actively go against an attack and try to tarnish and make a mockery of, of, of what God created in his image. You look at even these drag uh, uh, queen festivals and things that we have, and even in the schools and in the libraries, trying to bring children in to introduce them to them. And these men are, are dressed as a, a comic uh, character of what a woman actually is. They don't even look like real women. And it's just, again, a mockery of what God has created. That's right. And, and the Bible says that fools make a, a mock at sin. Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. And the soldiers who stormed the beaches of Normandy and the Allied liberation of Europe. On D-Day, all those warriors set out on their mission. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt led our nation in prayer. The D-Day Prayer Project is an effort to add FDR's D-Day Prayer in its entirety at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. This wonderful historical presidential prayer will be a lasting tribute to our World War II veterans. If you'd like to make a contribution towards the effort of adding this prayer to the memorial, go to the website at ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org. I'm Johnette Cruz, and I'm a busy mom. Then a friend told me about TrustBlueReview.com, a new website powered by the Christian Blue Network. She uses it to find trusted Christian-owned businesses. I checked it out, read the helpful reviews, and found a great family dentist. Now I use TrustBlueReview for all my family's needs. For peace of mind, do what I did. Visit TrustBlueReview.com or download their free mobile app from your app store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue Review.
Will my kids like this dentist? Can I trust this mechanic? Who's a good choice for my upcoming remodel? I found businesses I can trust from TrustBlueReview.com. This company rebuilt our deck and renovated our bathroom. I'd highly recommend them to anyone looking to hire an honest contractor. The best dentist experience I've ever had. It's now easy to find trusted businesses in my community that have the same Christian values as my family. It all starts at TrustBlueReview.com or download their app in the App Store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue you know, uh, I, there are listeners who are thinking that, well, you're very austere in your approach to uh, people who are homosexual, lesbian, or, or, uh, or in the LGBTQ community. That's not the case. We actually are very compassionate to them. We want to see them made whole in the image of God. We want to uh, present Jesus onto them, and that's been our mission as an organization from the beginning. But I'd say this, that recently in in Columbus, there was a bill that was introduced and had hearings. It's House Bill 454, the SAFE Act. And what does that do? It saves our adolescents from experiments of changing their gender. We're talking about uh, doctors, rogue doctors that will provide hormone treatments to change girls uh, uh, and boys, little boys, and also then surgeries. Lord help us. This is actually going on, folks, in Ohio. So this bill is to ban that type of practice. And let me tell you who showed up. These were people that came from the trans community. These were young people that had believed the lie, and they have since come to Christ, and they began testifying, and and moms and dads. And you should have heard the testimony in that room, and we'll post that up on our website here in the next week. You've got to hear from those witnesses alone. Don't believe us. Listen to them who have come out of that abusive, uh, confused lifestyle that the devil lied uh, about LGBTQ. And these are folks that came out and warned the committee, do not allow this practice to take place. I was abused. I I was in a confused state, and somebody took advantage of that and tried to tell me that I was a man when I'm a woman. And, you know, and then this one young gal, she testified, I can tell you of people in the community whose lives have been forever altered. They will never be able to have children. They will never be able to have the joy of sex that God provided because of uh, this kind of abuse. Well, well, men, we're, we're about run out of time in this segment. We're going to carry this over onto the other side because this topic of what's happening in the church is a crisis right now. And the moral degradation of our age is just too great. And I know that many of the listeners are actually enduring this right now. Christian believers are like, what's happened to my world? We're going to continue this discussion on the other side, so don't you go away. Continuing with me will be Pastor John Coates of Columbus and Pastor Al Davis of the Ridgeville Bible Baptist Church. We've got some more material for you. And uh, what do we do about this? We're going to end the program in prayer today. And that's how we're going to be able to address this issue, because if we come before the throne in heaven and make appeal, he will hear us and he will answer from above. You have been listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. 
Thank you for listening. This program is sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance of Akron, Ohio.